I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Unorthodox way to start the podcast. <laughs> My voice cracking on. Liv. No, Liv. Um, we got an email from someone saying that Culture Vulture was their bona fide number one favourite pop culture podcast. So, fuck yeah. So now we can actually say it for real. Yeah, now we can say it for real. So, kia ora, everyone, and welcome to Culture Vulture, your bona fide favourite pop culture podcast hosted by your bona fide favourites. Um, your bona fide favourite, to quote Ethan, who's recording us today, small people with big voices. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Which kind of the cutest be, thing. Like, yeah, it couldn't be closer to the truth, to be honest. It really couldn't be. Lucy and Liv? Did yeah, I? Did no, I not, we didn't get that there. far, but Lucy so, and Liv. Look, we're not that good at talking, but we got some projection on us, <laughs> is what we were saying. <laughs> we have an episode that we've been teasing for quite a while um, a good like month or so I know it almost feels like we've already recorded it the no, amount I know the amount of, like while I was researching I was like I already know this yeah <laughs> well that, I mean that's great Look, yeah. what are we talking about today we are talking about don't worry darling the movie that has had the most fucking hype or Whoa. drama or yeah. like shitting on it ever yeah so we have finally watched it it's out in movies <laughs> you can go and watch it it's we're, out in movies. It's out in, it's out in the movies. <laughs> it's out in the cinema. And we're going to kind of unpack it, talk about the drama, talk about whether the drama really fucked up our perception of the movie. Yeah. Everything about that. And I know you think you've heard it before, but stay with us because we we didn't want to talk about this until we knew literally everything. We didn't want to unpack it as it was going on in the media. We wanted to listen to everything, watch the film, and then come to you with everything and with hopefully a bit of a different take on it it will be fun it will be interesting and like you should definitely stick around um first of all Liv what does describe your week okay Luz what describes my week is well we had a really fucking big week but enormous enormous but this week's gonna be even bigger yeah we're on a road trip almost going on the road trip where I came into the office this morning and everyone was like why are you here like aren't you on the fucking roadie because it's all we've been talking about and because we've organized it so randomly to Mm -hmm. the point where we started the roadie um but just using like our own vehicles in Auckland and in Hamilton because it's close to where we live I mean we do live up here in Auckland but then today we actually pick up a camper van, or tonight, and we get to begin the actual roadie. The actual roadie, which is really fucking exciting. So what describes my week is it's been a bit chaotic. But also, I feel like this weekend, because it's been so chaotic, I was trying to chill. And I think me and my flatmates were just trying to force it to be summer. So, like, oh. it's... For those of you listening in the Northern Hemisphere... Obviously, we're the opposite to you guys. So we're kind of at the end of spring, no, middle of spring. Yeah. 
And it's fucking cold here still, but the sun's just kind of like peeking through. And so we were just all super excited. Me and my um, flatmates went to the beach and we got an ice cream and we tried so hard to like make it summer and it kind of worked, but it was just a little bit cold. So that was really nice, but also can't wait for actual summer to begin. Yeah. And then it will feel like we're not having a force anything. Yeah, exactly. It was just kind of hilarious. But Lucy, what describes your week? Well, kind of like you, the thing that was meant to describe my week was I just had only one thing written on this whole doc for the mm-hmm. last week that just said pure exhaustion. <laughs> but then I was like, Luce, you actually can't get on the pod every week and have something that describes your week being about being tired, exhausted, burned. Like, burnt I've been like for the past wee while that is what has been describing our weeks is just like being exhausted and it I is know. fear but I was like I don't want that to be to be the, the like, marker of like it was my birthday week we started yeah. the roadie like it was a really good week right? I feel like oh it was such a good week I feel like October was always going to be a bit hectic yeah. and like just with the roadie with, the with roadie. everything we planned there were there have been heaps of events. Yes. I don't know. There's just been a lot going on. So, like, we have been exhausted. I literally slept from 4 p.m. yesterday. Through to, like... Through to 7.30 a.m. this morning, and I felt so fucking disorientated. Yeah, and you would. But yeah. anyway, what describes my week, actually, is... <laughs> Back to me. Back to me. Anyway, away from, like... I didn't want to dwell on exhaustion, but here we are. Um, Sunday session. So, Ooh. yesterday... Um, I went to, and Liv was supposed to come, but obviously she was asleep. Um, I went to the Inspired Unemployed's um, Better Beer sort of release party. And the way that they did it in classic Inspired Unemployed way was to have a Sunday session. Mm -hmm. And we go to a few of these events and Liv and I are always super cynical and just like sitting there um, enjoying ourselves, but sort of, you know, Pulling apart, analysing. Because these events can be random because they're always commercially driven. Yeah. So everything's advertising. Everything's advertising. So, like, I think you can definitely enjoy the events and there's some really fucking cool people there and everything. I think you just have to, like, well, Lucy and I are always very much aware that this is, yeah, advertising. Yeah. But we, I mean, if you're listening to this and you want to invite us somewhere, still do. Yeah. Like, you know. But this one was, like, the best event, PR vibe event Great. I've ever been to. Fuck yeah. I think the beer really helped. We Aww. drank a lot of beer, so I bought along flatmate Flo, who you all know, who one of you actually <laughs> asked about at one of our coffee catch-ups the other day. Oh, so, so cute. So cute. Um, and we got to this event and it was like, it was really, really fun, except for, so we all had a few drinks and then Falcon, who's one of the inspired unemployed, employed boys, like he sort of came over to us and we were chatting and, and it was really fun. And then Kate, someone that we'd brought along and we'd all had a few beers, but she goes to him like as a joke, but still she was like. Yeah, and don't you only work, like, two hours a day? <laughs> and, like, me and Flo were standing there, like, no, Falcon, like, like we know that you're a hard worker. And to be fair, these two boys looked withered. They looked like they had just been, like, work, 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 working, working. Mm-hmm. working. Um, and I remember I spoke to Falcon a little bit about anxiety, which was just... Which is funny because I think we all have a little bit of anxiety today because the night got really big. Um, And he just looked like, well, you could tell that everyone was going to be a bit anxious the next day. For sure. Anyway, flatmate Flo 
she is like really wants a better be a t-shirt right <laughs> and so she i can imagine was that like the goal for that the was night? the goal for her uh-huh. and so she asks one of the the inspired unemployees have employed boys have their posse with them like always she asks Just super fucking cute yeah she asks one of the boys like what can she do to get a t-shirt and this was a real nice guy and he um follows shit you should care about and he was real fucking cool and he goes, you have to show us a party trick. And this is Flo, who's usually very just, like, chill. She doesn't do the party tricks. And someone had spilt their Eclipse mints all over the ground. And Flo, like, is like, okay, I will slurp up <laughs> some of these Eclipse mints on the ground. And and Callum, the guy she was talking to, was like, okay, okay, but let me film the whole thing. And he films it. Flo's on her hands and knees. She's not allowed to use her hands. She's in a really short skirt, so I'm behind her, like, making sure she's not flashing everyone. And she's, like, looks like a little chicken, like, eating <laughs> some feed. Like, like picking it. Yeah, oh she my gets God. three. She just goes along and then, like, she gets some T-shirts. But I think this morning she was like, was that worth <laughs> The t-shirts, like she's, and she ate them all as well. They're like, like eclipse mints. It's not like they're like lollies. They're no. like, like <laughs> you need one or two, and you are good. Like you do not need six or seven. That is so funny because it's just quite out of character yes. for Flo, which I fucking rate. Same. Like, I don't think she should have anxiety. No. I think she should be proud. And because like, we were the only three sort of dancing right. at the start, it was very much like. Everyone was sort of profesh or, yeah, or doing yeah, their yeah. thing and we were just like there for a good time. Yeah, because often people are just there with like their work people yes. or whatever. Yeah. So the night sort of continues and then real cute, we're in the bathroom and um, someone hears me talking and then comes out and goes, um, are you Lucy? And I was like, yeah. And this story's going to preface an embarrassing story for me that comes in a second. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, holy fuck, I read the newsletter, blah, 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 which was so cute. Another girl comes out of the toilet and goes, I read the newsletter too. Oh, like, love stop. you. It was really cute. And then we go outside and someone else is like, oh, that's Lucy from Shit You Should Care About. And they brought someone else over and they're like, this other person was real cute too. And then, so I hadn't met Jack yet, the other inspired unemployed mm-hmm. boy. And I go over and I'm like having a chat to him about something. And then two girls come over and go to Jack. Hey, can you take a photo of us with Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> like, can Jack, it was like something you see in a movie, right? No, like that's humbling. So, <laughs> so funny. Like it's his event. Yes. He's the star of the show. And yet these and girls are like, no, we don't give a fuck about you. It's I'm Lucy not. we care about. It was so cute. And that's then like so funny. quite humbling for Jack, obviously. And I was like, fuck Jack. I'm so sorry. He was like, nah, it's honestly, it's crack up. And then, so the night goes on. We're all dancing. Like everyone's everyone's really drunk and then it's like you know whispers of oh it's the after party here and blah blah so we're like okay we go to the after party and we're all pretty drunk at this point and then because I because people had started coming up to me and being like oh are you loose like do you write the newsletter oh god (laughs) (laughs) this waitress like I'd ordered oh my god did you think that they were oh my no I'm gonna let this roll (laughs) I'd ordered some drinks for like a group and yeah. I had to give a name for the drinks <laughs> and the waitress came up she was like are you I'll make you so embarrassed she was like are you Lucy and I was like oh yeah give me a hug <laughs> and then she gave me a hug 
And then she was just trying to figure out where to bring the drinks. And it was like so embarrassing. Like, I like, like, you'd be built up. I had been built up for this moment to be crashed down. No, and oh. like, again, if Jack felt humbled earlier, I felt incredibly humbled um, later. Yeah, look, that is yeah. fucking funny, fucking iconic. Oh, it was <laughs> like, iconic. Kind of fair enough. Yeah, like, like if I were drunk and like everyone was being like, <laughs> is this you? Is this you? Is this you? And then the waitress, like, she came over, she looked really chic. I was like, she's obviously at the event. I can't be, well, not that I'd ever be rude, but I was like, oh, yeah, it is. Give me on. And then, like, so it was really wonderful. A lot mm. of other shit happened that I probably can't talk about on here or just, I don't know. Ever. Won't, or just ever. Um, but I did get, so I wrote the newsletter this morning and got a response from Kate, who was at the party who yeah, was yeah, there yeah. with us. And all it said was, Oh my god! I spewed in the Uber on the way home. Oh, <laughs> so like, it was a huge night. All around. at least like each of you had your embarrassing things. You yes. know what I mean? Like Flo being a chicken, <laughs> Flo being a chuck. <laughs> like you thinking that the waitress was wanting to hug you when she wasn't. No. <laughs> and Kate spewing in the Uber yeah. and probably getting a fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, you went so iconic all round. Um, but anyway, that's it's not what describes my week, but it's definitely what describes my last yeah. twelve hours or whatever. Nah, that's fucking fantastic. I was watching your stories and being like, nah, that's actually sick because I didn't realize that they would just be there roaming around, yeah. which is so so cool. Because part of me was like, I was just so fucking tired, as we talked about before, exhaustion, <laughs> which we weren't going to dwell on, <laughs> yeah, but, we but have, we're coming so. back for a third time. So. <laughs> That's how it is. Um, and then so I was like, to lose, nah, I just can't. I can't do it. Can't come. And then I was watching the stories being like, fuck. <laughs> be, no, being nah. like, fuck. They're really fuck. in amongst it. They're <laughs> really in amongst it. But then I was just like, nah, it's okay. But like, no, but I know. Cool. I, fucking cool. I did think about you because usually when we go to these events, yeah. if there's someone of note there, yeah. they're not touchable. No, they're not hanging out with like the on the stage. Like, But then should have probably known, you know, yeah. their brand the is nature very of them. amongst it. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm just going to give you my naughty or nice for the day. <laughs> There's only one, um, but it's it's kind of funny. I don't know. I'm obsessed with it. So I was in the car on the way home with Ruby and Liv from um, Hamilton for one of our road trips, road trip days, and I read to Ruby and Liv out like this tweet from what I can't actually confirm is Matty Healy from <laughs> from the 1975. But So I did some digging because I was like, I'm not going to tell a whole story based on a tweet that I can't even confirm. Yeah. So basically the naughty or nice this week is what the fuck is going on with Matty Healy and Triple J. Mm. So Matty Healy being the front man of the 1975 and Triple J being the big Australian broadcaster that... According to Maddie Healy, think they have the monopoly on cool. But anyway, <laughs> so I did some digging into what the fuck's happening here. Basically, Triple J made a post about the 1975 coming to tour New Zealand and Australia on Instagram, and Maddie Healy took a screenshot of this post and then put it on a story with the caption, play our music then before you start licking our ass just because you finally realise we're mint. <laughs> I love how English no, this is. I know. And then he also went and commented on Triple J's Instagram post about them playing Laneway, saying, yeah, play our fucking music then, you Muppets. And then, so Maddie Healy 
has this Twitter account. Well, it looks like it's Maddie Healy, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't have another verified one, and this is like apparently his troll account. Heaps of followers, yeah. Heaps of people, like all the media outlets, actually refer to this as his account, as so, his troll account. So this well, is him. Like he goes on and no, just he like, does. And if really? you scroll, if it actually is him, which the other media outlets are saying that it is, and yeah. you read through it, it's actually iconic. Like Holy it's shit. it's chaos in there. Um. So he tweeted in response to, again, Triple J announcing that the 1975 were coming. He said this, allegedly. You literally have nothing to do with us coming to Australia. Don't start getting involved now. You don't have a monopoly on cool and the head of your company is a knobhead. So you guys... It's a knobhead. (laughs) We're fucking mint. (laughs) Is a knobhead. So yous can fuck off. And it's basically just, like, really tickling me that Maddie Healy has this massive complex against Triple J because, obviously, they're not playing their music enough for his liking. (laughs) And, I mean, uh, if you want to look a bit further into it, I've seen some other Australian artists speaking about how Triple J can often seem quite elitist and quite, Mm. um, like, they're the make or break of some artists. Like, they're trying to be the tastemakers of... And in some ways, they've succeeded in doing that. That's why yeah. their brand's so successful, right? But in other ways, if you were a, if you were an artist and you felt like you'd been snobbed by someone that's known to be a tastemaker, fuck it, you'd feel you'd have a bit of a chip on your shoulder, yeah. which obviously Maddie Healy does. Yes. Which I just do find it so funny when celebrities just come out so fucking blatantly, swinging like just swinging like against the big guy. Kind of love it, yeah. But also, I'm kind of like. Is uh, this PR? Is Yeah, is this PR? Exactly. Because I don't know. This is great PR for the tour. Because, yeah. I mean, other other than these tweets, your girl wouldn't have really known that they were coming on tour to Australia and New Zealand. There's so many fucking layers, always. Always. You never know what's true or what's not. At the end of the day, the only thing we can confirm is true is that the head of Triple J is a knobhead, it's apparently. A knobhead. A knobhead and the 1975 are mint, so you can fuck off. <laughs> An incredible thread. <laughs> I love that story. I had to talk about it. And Maddie Healy, we talked about, is a nepotism baby and his mum's oh. on Coronation Street. So it kind of shows why he's using the language that he is using. Nepo baby. <laughs> Maddie Healy. Maddie Healy. Oh. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Oh, now, love, I think it's probably time that we talk about the film of the moment. Oh. Don't worry, darling. Without the comma, which has been oh. really, really getting to some people. Like, pretty much every review I've been reading mentions the fact that there should be a comma after don't worry, darling. Oh, my God. I know. I mean, but is... do people not realise? I mean, I'm not a director, but there are decisions that go into all of it. Like, this, everything. It wasn't like, just someone, oh, I didn't edit that. Whoops. No, everything's <laughs> super specific. Exactly. It, yeah, for sure. And I feel like that almost encapsulates the whole, like, buzz around this movie. Yes. Yeah. People are being pretty... You know, nitpicky. Nitpicky. 
But anyway, we're going to dive into it. Yes. So, Lucy, you have seen Don't Worry, Darling. I have. And full disclosure. I mean, I don't even feel like we need to disclose that we're massive Harry Styles fans. But, no. like, it's not like we're brainwashed into thinking that everything he does touches, smells, is, like, Solid glorious. Gold. Like, perfect. We are... And I would hope that we have credit for being our own humans that can make up I our would own think so. Minds. I would like to think that we have shown the world that we can critically <laughs> think about things. I mean, Harry Styles included. Harry Styles included. And that, like... It is healthy too. So just know that we're coming at this like normal people that have gone to see a film. You can still be a fan of someone and think fucking critically about the acting. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, what did you think? Did you ask me what I thought of the film? No, I I just said you've seen the film. Yes, I have. I've also seen the film. What did you think? I... I think because I had read some reviews and stuff before that were kind of scathing, I went into it thinking like oh I'm kind of expecting this to be shit yeah and then you guys had seen it before me and you guys were all like you guys as in uh, <laughs> girlfriends yeah. <laughs> was sort of like yeah fuck yeah this is actually good like really enjoyed it yes and then I was like okay all good like kind of went in thinking like the day before being like okay this is actually going to be good and then I was like yeah this is fucking good I really enjoyed it yes um I'm not a huge like film Same. nerd, I we're yeah, not critics. We're, we're not, not good film. Critics. We're not good film critics. Um, yeah, at all really. But I did think that it was like entertaining. I thought Harry's acting was fine. There yeah. was so much shit about how he was an awful actor, and I thought like his character was like a pretty bland guy. Anyway, what did you think? I really, first of all, I thought the setting was beautiful. Oh. I thought, so it was really giving Truman Show mixed with Black Mirror. Totally. the perfect fuse of the two. Um, Harry's acting, if I didn't know who he was, I probably wouldn't have thought that much about it. This, yeah, same. I mean, there were points where I was like, oh, fuck, like, what, why did that make it into the final cut? But then I'm actually like, I have no way of knowing if other people that haven't basically watched every video of Harry Styles Under the Sun would think that way too. I think this is what is so hard when someone's famous for something else other than acting, then they become an actor because you just feel like you know them personally. And I feel like a good actor or like it's even with modeling as well Mm. like as soon as you see a picture of someone that you know it totally changes the picture it's no longer about the shirt they're wearing or whatever like it's a totally different thing and I think that is the same with acting he is such a famous person that I feel like it's so hard to dissociate him from himself it is and look at Elvis like Mm -hmm. we've all just watched the Elvis movie and you see that he tries to branch off into acting doesn't work for him because too many people know like he gets in a whole lot of things but it's not really where his like where he's best totally and you see this with youtubers a lot or like youtubers and influencers who start off doing um that sort of like social media shit and obviously give a lot of their personal life Mm. through it and then they try and branch out into something else whether that be acting or music or whatever and like especially when they try to do acting, I just can't. You just can't. I just can't because you know them as a person. It's like watching your friend on screen. I just feel like it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that acting aside, I didn't see the twist coming. 
Nor um, did I. And I always think that's a really great marker of because yeah. you Liv and I hate cliches. We hate tropes. I think we're really averse to them. Like yeah, we definitely just are like, why is this not new when mm-hmm. there is so many new things that you can do? I mean, it's so easy to just repeat what's been done before, but because it, it just always feels lazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think because we didn't see the twist coming, it was great. And because I just like watched some a whole bunch of boring movies. Like I feel like over the past few years there's been so many boring fucking movies that just to see something new that was actually enjoyable for an hour and a half or whatever. Do you know what is crazy to me is that like we watched Marry Me, right? Yeah. Which was like to me a bad film. Like it was oh. enjoyable, but it was a Textbook bad film. A textbook film. bad film. The reviews for Marry Me were like, yeah, this is like what it should be. Like this is, like they That's were pretty cooked. positive. And then for all of the don't worry darling shit, it's like this is not doing its job as like a psychological thriller. Um, I, and like the, the audience is too far ahead of the main character and things like that. And it's like maybe it's because I'm just not – educated enough in the psychological thriller sort of category like that could totally be it but I just don't see how that movie to me was enjoyable it wasn't fucked like it wasn't shit like marry me was shit it was it was shit but like that's getting good I just like don't quite get it and I think a lot of it is to do with this drama that unfolded and I think it's really clouded everyone's judgment judgment of the film and I think I mean this is probably simplifying it too much Mm. but it is like there's a lot of sexism that is sort of driving this narrative of like we're holding it to such a fucking high standard because it's Olivia Wilde because Booksmart was so critically acclaimed and really fucking good for her first movie and but like do you think if this drama had happened with the first movie, with Booksmart, we would have seen the exact same thing because there was so much drama and maybe yeah, it wouldn't have made that like, critically acclaimed. I wonder. I wonder. This is the thing. I I think we can't critique it properly because of the drama, like no matter how hard you try, unless you literally were like not in that landscape yeah. and you weren't seeing any of that shit, then you could. But Would a film critic not be in that? No, in they the world. wouldn't. Exactly. Like there was one... Um, good article I thought in Vulture that did make me think about like kind of how good the actual film was. Yes. Yeah. And and let's not get it twisted, it's not the best film in the world. No, like no, it's but not it, groundbreaking. No, exactly. But it, like I sat down, I I enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Yeah. Like, like what else are we wanting? Yeah, exactly. So there were things that like if you looked into it, you were kind of like, okay, yeah, that didn't make sense or like whatever. Um, the first one was what's up with the blood spot single eye thing and like the dancing ladies, like that montage mm. that kept repeating. And one critique of the film that kept coming up was that we stayed in that space for so long of her, you know, weird shit happening, obviously in the simulation um, but what actually? But was like, that? what actually was that? And like, yeah. and why? Why those three images? Like, what was the connection of those three images? Mm. I don't know. And I mean, maybe that's a like place for audience interpretation. Yeah, exactly. That makes it deeper. But if no one's looking deeper, then it's, it's but then kind of yeah, because it's like with Nope, right? Like, I just watched Nope. Yeah, I didn't like it. No, I didn't like, like it either. 
I just thought it was kind of boring. Yeah, same. But because, that might be on you and I. Well, I think as soon as anything becomes space related or like mm, kind of extra sci-fi, I just kind of switch off, which isn't fair. Like that Some doesn't mean that it's can a be, bad yeah, movie. But. Amazing. But I also think, and we will get back, yeah. <laughs> this will be a slight tangent. I also think I felt the same thing with Encanto a little bit. Yeah. When the setting doesn't change, I mean, don't oh, worry, darling, uh-huh. you could argue similar, but when it's like one setting, yeah. I get really bored. Do and you it's think n- just like not enough visual stimulation. Yeah, it's a stimulation thing for me, yeah. which is not the fault of anyone else. Yeah. It's like a personal preference that yeah. if nothing's changing, I am just like, oh my God, I should put this in 1.5 times speed. Yeah. And just, blast through it. No, I understand that. I think, like, yeah, it depends what you're looking for in a movie, yeah. right? Like, if you're obsessed with the storyline or if you're obsessed with, like, maybe it being a little bit more fast-paced. Yeah. Um, but I think with Nope, uh, because at first, like, I don't know if I really, like, got it. And then I read a few things and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, of course, it's, you know, all the main thing. Ske- uh, all about the spectacle. Yeah, and all about, like, taking things out of its natural environment. And, like, that was really clever. And the more I thought about it, the more I enjoyed it in retrospect. But, like, a lot of the... A lot of the reviews about Nope were how how it was really good that Nope left things up for audio audience interpretation and how, like, a good filmmaker shouldn't give everything to the viewer. So... Why are we holding Don't Worry Darling to a different yeah, standard? It's interesting, but then maybe like Jordan Peele just did it better than Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Again, this is probably something I haven't watched enough movies. I haven't yeah. picked enough movies apart. I'm not sure, but that was kind of what it made me think of. Yes. Because I think with Jordan Peele, people were like, no matter what he does, he's smarter than all of us. So, like, he's chosen. He's for chosen. All of this. Yeah. Whereas I just don't think we're giving the same credit to Olivia Wilde. Yeah. Is that a sexism thing? Is that a thing where it's like she hasn't made enough movies for us to give her that credit? Yeah. I don't know. But it's yeah. an interesting thing to think about. But the th- going back to like, don't worry, darling. The second thing on the list was what causes the glitches in the simulation? You know, when Florence is or Alice is cleaning the windows yeah. and like, you know, she gets smushed. Like what what is all of that shit in the plane crash and like everything? Like why is that happening? Because apparently in the Matrix, which is a really famous um, simulation, simulation movie, right, um, a lot of the glitches is – shit getting fucked up with the code yeah and that kind of gets explained but and don't worry darling none of that actually gets explained i and feel like it is a similar thing though because yeah. we do see you know have you have to come out and back into mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. because it's such a new thing and because she's becoming self-aware yeah and then it's like the world punishing her for becoming self-aware yeah. but then like is that through i think this article was getting super nitty-gritty and, yeah. like was that through the code was that because chris pine's character was seeing what was happening and trying to like scare her scare her and and because that whole thing about he wanted to be challenged yeah and or was it things happening in her real world where she was yeah. in the bed that was stimulating her in the real world and yeah. so it was like bringing her out of the simulation, like the song, like, there, yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's, see, look at that, that's us having audience interpretation. Exactly. Like, so it's Isn't like, that what this is about? Yeah, like, where's the line? Like, it's, maybe if we had studied film, we'd know kind of more where that line is and where it should be, but 
it just is really interesting to me that parallel to Nope because yeah. we were having these conversations with Nope and for Nope that was a good thing and for this this is yeah. framed as a bad thing. And I also I think know. it's good that we're not film critics, studied film critics because mm. it's really good to know how normal regular people for sure sit on like when it comes to films like yeah. they're not just built for critics no that's and they shouldn't be that's absolutely true i think like i because we have this podcast sometimes it feels like obviously we don't brand ourselves as experts we never have we do the opposite right i think i feel more confident talking about things like music or things like social issues because i feel like i know what i'm talking about when it comes to film i do just feel a bit like fuck does my opinion matter but as you said like it does matter because we are it's kind of refreshing coming from that standpoint of being someone that like doesn't know that much about film but knows about the world to a certain extent and likes to consume stuff which if they want these things to be successful you literally can't just be um building it for a new york times yeah you're so you're so right um Another thing about the film which is really interesting is that the character Margaret, who was the woman who kind of originally lost her mind. Obviously, she didn't lose her mind. She figured it out. Yeah. yeah. So she was figuring it out um, and her husband was, I don't know whether keeping her in the simulation or whatever, but apparently a lot of their scenes were cut. So Kiki Lane, who plays Margaret, she actually took to Instagram – And she posted a few videos and photos of her and um, her husband in the film. And she said, the best thing about Don't Worry Darling was that I was lucky enough to meet Ariel Satchel. They cut us from most of the movie, but we're thriving in real life. Love you, Ari. So they're obviously together now. Wow. Which is really nice. But that opens the conversation of like, what what scenes were cut? Like, how different would the movie have been? Also... A lot of people were talking about she was the only black woman in the film and her scenes were getting cut, that whole conversation. Yeah, Um, that's an interesting one because at the end of the day, directors have been doing this forever. It's at the discretion of the editor and the director to make a film mm -hmm. that shows the vision. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like breaking the fourth wall for an actor or an actress to come out and, and be like, you know, so many scenes get cut from so many things. From so many things. Even from podcasts, from music, like blah, blah, blah. I think the point about um, her being the only black character, really, that's a really good point that we should look at separately. Yeah, definitely. But I think the idea of actors and actresses coming out and saying my scenes were cut. It's so interesting because, like, I don't know that much about, like, the film, you know, the filmmaking process. Did she go to the premiere and watch the film and was like, fuck, my scenes have been cut? Probably. Yeah. But, but like but that's what that is kind of like That's the job. That's what happens. Yeah, that's what I was gonna you say. You can't that's have the job. A, a twelve hour long film, like things get cut. This yeah. is giving like euphoria, that conversation about um everyone that was upset at the storyline and, and it was kind of like, well, like that's not really up to us. Yeah, exactly. And then it does get complicated when kind of political ideas like racial inequality and things come into that mix. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of wonder about the whole, like, you know, you could argue that Florence, Olivia Wilde, Chris Pine and Harry Styles, who were all the four leading characters, were all white. It was told from a very, like, white perspective. And then, obviously, Olivia Wilde has got, like, I don't... It it feels 
maybe a bit more tokenism sort of vibes having than like Margaret as a black woman, there was a mixed race woman, there was an Asian woman. Like it feels now when you put that into into the mix that potentially it was more just like, okay, we need this for the movie, but it's still a white-centered movie, but it's made by a white woman. Yeah. I don't know how to it's like, take that. Where do we where is the line of like the film reflecting things in society, mm-hmm. like how society is fucking it was white-centered. in the 1950s. Yeah, and, like, it was these white men, spoiler alert, that had been radicalized, and it was, like, their fantasy. And so, obviously, they had to build it in the times yeah. from the viewpoint of these white men. Exactly. So it's like, we can see that and understand that, but at the same time, does this mean, like, this was a movie that didn't need to be made? Like, because it's just re-showing us the exact same things. and tr- For like, sure, that, that is always the question. And, like, the fact that this movie gets so much publicity. Mm. Like, would this have gotten this much publicity if Olivia Wilde was a black woman? Yeah. Like, probably not. No. That's really interesting, The because I think without the racial elements of Kiki Lane saying her scenes were cut, it would be a really easy, like, actors and actresses, yes, they have control and like they're obviously really connected to their characters and the film but at the end of the day they're, they're there the to do a job yeah. they're not the filmmaker they're not the ones actually telling the story but then when you bring in the racial element to this it's like well actually this is a side of the story that needs to be told and because it opens up the whole conversation about the film industry and basically the world yeah right which of course it will because everything we make is a reflection of yeah. the world or how the world once was. But it is an interesting thing of, like, what stories deserve to be told. Yeah. Like, and I actually wonder what, like, the audience thinks about that. If you're listening mm. and you have a really strong opinion on whether actors and actresses should be coming out and saying, my scenes were cut, my lines were cut, I wanted it written this way, I mm. chose to say this... Like, is that their job? Is that their role? Or should it be at the discretion of the people actually making the film? Because if every actor or actress had a major say in what the characters were doing and how things were represented, like, the film just wouldn't happen. No. It just, or it would have no actual story arc. No, it would, it would be everyone be trying to get their two cents Everyone in. fighting for their character yeah. and not the betterhood of the storyline. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The betterhood. The betterhood. Is, is that, that, a, word? Is that a word? Probably not. Anyway. And um, saying that, loved um, Margaret's character and her yeah. acting was fucking phenomenal. Fucking good. So I would have liked to have seen more. So. Yeah, mm. exactly. The next point on this list is what's Shelley's deal so Shelley was the wife of Chris Pine's character yes and so she throughout the movie was very staunch very like no like don't you dare talk to my husband like that like blah 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 then at the end she shoves a knife in him yeah did she know what was going on this is the thing so (laughs) in this article they were talking about how she Stabs him with a butcher's knife. And then she says, you stupid, stupid man, it's my turn now. And in this article, they talk about how that feels like she's the undercover villain almost of this story. Like, is it that she now wants to run victory? Yes. Or is it that she is just, like, they're not thinking that deeply, which I question because you have to think fucking deeply when you're making a movie. But is it that she's just like, yeah, I'm with the other wives? Yeah. But she never 
was like that. Whereas like Bunny, who was so against Florence Pugh's character going and like finding the headquarters and everything, that was explained because Bunny had this backstory of her kids. I'm guessing they died, died. in the real world. And so that was enough for her to keep her in the simulation, yes. she was choosing to be there. And so she didn't want that fucked up because this was now her life. Her she chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with Shelley, we don't know what the fuck Shelley wanted or why she said it's my turn now. Okay. So my interpretation, just as you've said that, is it's almost a reflection of Olivia Wilde coming into the film industry and being like, fuck you to the men. Yeah. I'm going to come into this and run it now. So maybe she's wanting to build a woman's world. Yeah. Maybe. Honestly, I, I think, mean, yeah, but that's definitely like a valid parallel, I think. And I think Olivia Wilde is someone that would have put that in yes. the movie. Because there's, she's sort of been this like figure in the media as a female director, like she's kind of one of the first female directors getting this sort of hype yeah. and this sort of like publicity. And sort of this sort of backlash yeah. as well. She's sort of she's doing what Jamila Jamil often did for I think the body positivity movement and just putting herself out there to be absolutely ruined mm-hmm. almost for the good of yeah. the thing. And whether it always works out positively for women and whether like white feminism like this is always a positive thing. Yeah. I don't know, but she's doing something. This is the thing. She's at least doing something. And I think we can't see this as the end point of like, oh, well, now, you know, a female director's got her second film. So, like, we're there with equality. Like, yeah. absolutely not. This or, like, is... she fucked it up. So, women directors everywhere are being fucked up no. because of her. No, that's that is not, such a, it's not a zero sum way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. And so, it is we do just have to view this as like a stepping stone and I think she's doing what she can with what she has for sure which Um, we always say on this podcast and on the shit show do what you can with what you have yes and we can't shit on people perfect yes it's not gonna be the end of everything end of the movement or end of the world it's not (laughs) um on a lighter note Jack's dancing. Oh my god, my favourite Harry Styles dancing in the movie like what the fuck was that about sorry that is my favorite part and is that like okay this is me just thinking really like deeply like deeply but like maybe it's I've just sort of it just then but is this just like a massive like dance monkey oh dance monkey or you know in the real world men have to be these really masculine men and now they've built this whole world and you'd think they'd be in there shooting guns and blah 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 but in fact all they want to do is is dance see like yeah so valid I think I took it as like (laughs) he still didn't have any fucking control in this world it's a much better take it's a much better take because this guy was like being like okay Jack's dancing and like he's looking so fucking stupid like a painted smile yeah, like a painted and smile like, and he's like yeah I've got what I've wanted but really now just someone else is in control of me and I think I'm doing what I want but I'm absolutely not no I'm fucking tap dancing all over this bitch and, and also like I don't know is that a nod to like Harry Styles as a performer <laughs> like I, I don't know um oh. so that was kind of funny that was the best part of the film I'm not gonna lie and then one of the kind of biggest themes of this film or more what Olivia Wilde had said about this film before it came out was she had a real emphasis on female pleasure. So in the movie, there's a reasonable amount of sex, but it's all about women being pleasured, not the man. And so 
that's all cool, like amazing. Yeah. But then there's the conversation about is this female pleasure because this is all in a simulation. Yeah, which, which I think is, is at, the point. Which is at the man's mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is such the point of she's saying it's all about female pleasure, but then when you get to the end of the movie and you see that this was men being radicalised yeah. and building a man's world, like, I think that's actually smart. Yeah, I think that that's smart too, but I think a lot of people are going to use it as another way to fucking shit on her because they're going to be like, oh, well, the one thing that you said that you did for females, basically, through this movie is actually not even legit. Like, why have you marketed it as a movie that's all about, like, female pleasure, but really it's not. It's basically unconsensual sex because yeah. the woman doesn't actually know what the fuck's going on. Honestly, I think that is smart because it female pleasure, but it's still being at the hands of a man yeah. is the point of the whole fucking thing. Jack has put her in the simulation so that she can live a better life which is meant to give her pleasure, yeah. still at the hands... Of, she doesn't want to be there. It's at the hands of him. Like, this whole thing is female it's, pleasure at the hands of a man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because this is what men think female... Yeah. Well, they don't even think that this is what females want. This is what they want females to want. Yeah. So that they can... Like, the whole thing of him going, this is for you. You can live yeah. here. Like, I have to fucking go off and work all day, and that's so shit, so you can live here full time. Yeah. But it's like, she doesn't want that. No. You don't care what she wants. You want her to want that because it's yeah. easier for you. And it's kind of like that's meant to be the American dream. You know, you mm-hmm. you get home and you've made dinner for your husband. You're there with a whiskey for him or whatever. And yeah. then he, he pushes the food off the table and, like, pleasures you, blah, 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 blah. And it's like that we know by now, we've all watched The Great Gatsby, the, the American dream is not a viable thing no. to want. And actually no one wants it. And women actually do like to work. And <laughs> actually the American dream, like, isn't really viable for anyone. No, like. Actually, no one can afford the American yeah. And so I just think it is, like, even if she didn't mean for it to um, be, like, kind of ironic. But, like, surely she would I know. If you're creating something, I think it's so interesting with people that write reviews is because you've watched this film maybe twice at mm. most, you know. This person has made it. Like... They have thought about every single thing. Like, I'm saying this, but there are some fucking shocking films in the world where you're like, how did this person make this like this? So, like, I get that there's such a space for critics. We need critics, absolutely. But it's just interesting to me that the critic often thinks that they are smarter smarter than the filmmaker when the filmmaker has been sat with this for fucking years. Yeah. And you've been sat with it for a week. Yeah. Like, exactly. And I think... A lot of, like, we could take this Vulture article and find Olivia Wilde and ask her every single one of these questions, Mm -hmm. and she would have an answer. I'm sure she would have an answer. At the end of the day, she definitely would, and we need to kind of give that credit to her. Like, this is just us making shit up, picking the holes in it, because we can, because we're not inside Olivia Wilde's head. For sure. And it's like, does that make it a good movie? Again, back to the fucking nope comparison. Does that make it a good movie that we have to think for ourselves and we have these unanswered questions? Or does that mean she hasn't done her job properly because things are left unsaid, unexplained? I don't know. Yeah, neither (laughs) do I. But honestly, I'm obsessed with, like... 
I feel like I enjoy the movie more now that we're Same. unpacking it. Yeah, definitely. And um, what did you think of Harry Styles as an incel? Um, like the actual visual of him as oh, oh. like rugged, greasy. I hated it. Like <laughs> I thought hey, I uh, it was I hated it. But I kind of loved that I've now seen him look like that. Same. Because it's like, okay, so we all have bad days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when I'm looking really shocking. No, literally, because the friend that I went to the movie with, they were like, I can't look at Harry Styles the same way now. Like, I wish I'd never seen that side of him. Oh. I'm like, no, I want to see that yeah. side of him because it's fucking relatable. And it's yes. like, Harry Styles can be so hot and yeah. perfect and whatever. But like, he can also be made to look like trash. Yes. And so it just gives us all hope that, like, when we look trash, we can also be so, a global hottest person in the world. So that's the takeaway. That's the takeaway of that. It kind of just did freak me out, though, because there are people, obviously, this is not a hot take, but there no. are people in the world that, like, just sit there, get all greasy and get radicalised online. Absolutely. It happens all the fucking yeah. time. And it is scary. And it is often people that are nice people and then they like something happens to them like they lose their job they feel totally out of control of their own lives they feel worthless inferior. and inferior inferior to their wives whatever it is and then they don't want to take that on themselves so they look for something to be like oh it's not your fault yeah it's society it's fault. society and we're gonna build a better one called which, victory Honestly, so many people do in different ways. I mean, obviously, incel is, like, a very... And, like, being radicalised is a very, like, extreme version of yeah. that. But, like, yeah, it's it's interesting. But it was so interesting seeing him with, like, the bad skin, the long, oh, no. greasy hair, like... And, like, talking in an American accent. And then at first okay, I was Okay, that like, acting wasn't good. <laughs> that, I will say that on, and then, on record. And then on one of the reviews, it was, like, they found a way for him to be British. Like... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that was quite kind of see-through. Yeah. Um, which is a fair point, I think. I mean, fair, I mean they yeah. obviously wanted Harry But we'd rather it. him be British and actually sound fine than, like, oh, like, Emma Watson in Little Woman. Oh. And her accent is just really, really bad. Mm. And she keeps going from British to American. And it just, like, makes her whole performance so inauthentic to me. See, and because I'm, I didn't grow up watching Harry Potter, right? Mm. Never once have I thought about Emma Watson's performance in Little Woman. Really? It's like the Harry Styles thing. Yeah. For people that don't give a fuck about Harry Styles, I wonder if they're like me and it's just like, yeah, I didn't think once about yeah, his accent. Because Emma Watson is like very much a celebrity in her own right. Mm. Yeah. And I, because you grew up watching her so closely. Definitely. As Hermione Granger. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe next time you see Little Woman, you will pick yes, up on Yes, I think accent. I will. I will now. But I'd much rather him be British mm-hmm. and like me and not comfy. have to think about yeah. that. Yeah. Hear a bad accent the entire movie. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but then maybe that's why people say he's not a good actor because as an actor, you should be you able actually to. should be able to like, come away accents. Oh, uh, look, I have a whole lot of stuff on the what the drama was, but like I think you actually all know. Like, uh, yeah, you all do know about the drama, and if you don't, there are so many podcasts unpacking it. Yeah, which is almost the problem. So maybe. Us not going into yeah, it is true. not perpetuating. That's what I was thinking as I was researching this. I was like, do we need to reiterate the drama? Because, like, everyone knows it. And a lot of it is just, like, the internet making shit be something that it's not. And isn't it just funny that as soon as the film actually came out, I mean, again, this isn't even a hot take. I'm just coming on this mic giving, like, fucking lukewarm take after lukewarm take. But as soon as the movie came out, 
all it's like the drama all stopped. People no yeah. longer really care about Florence Pugh and what may or may not have happened, or Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles. I mean, people still care about that because obviously fandom exists and it comes with the good and the very very bad. Mm-hmm. But it's like now no one cares because yeah. the mo- movie came out. It was fine and. And like, we're all just going to move on with our lives. Yeah. And then remember that movie as, oh, that's the one where, like, there was Olivia a Wilde broke up with Jason Sudeikis and may yeah. have had an affair with Harry Styles, which yeah. probably isn't true. But. No, which we, no one can confirm and everyone yeah. just likes to... Because we're just obsessed with that shit. We are. But I do, I agree, Liv. I think our um, picking a part of the movie has actually been more of a meaningful conversation and, yeah. more, like, gives more credit to the directors and the actors and the actresses than us sitting here... And speaking about and reiterating drama. Yeah, absolutely. I, as I went to, like, go back to it, I was reading it and I was like, this this is not relevant. No, now. it's not. Yeah. Like, we – yeah. And, and for anyone that wants to go back through it, actually, there's a really good piece on Letterboxd called Killing Our Darlings, and it's with Sasha Judd, who's actually written for oh, yeah. a newsletter before, and um, she is, like, an expert on fandoms, and she basically – went in there and unpacked how all of this is kind of boiled down to online fandom and a lot of it obviously wouldn't have happened if Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde hadn't gotten together on set or around the same time Mm -hmm. and how, like, toxic shit like this thrives online and then becomes a huge distraction from the movie. It's a really good piece. It's really interesting to see, like, the core, like, where this originated from because Mm -hmm. it's not like it even originated from the press. No, that's exactly it. the press took it from the fandoms and... That is a huge fire that you kind of don't even want to get involved no, in. No, no, it's not. But um, we'll link that piece in the show notes because it's really fucking good. Yeah, definitely. Loose of what is on your radar for this week. I'm not going to lie. I don't have a single thing Packing your on house. my radar. I will say I finished um, I finished. I May Destroy You. Mm-hmm. And it was fucking good. Fucking good. Yeah. So maybe that's just a recommendation. Just so raw. Just so raw, so good. Yeah. And yeah, packing up my house for um, nowhere to go. So packing up my house for what? Just to move out to into my car. Homeless. Oh, Anyway, Liv, what's on your radar? Though? My radar is the movie Purple Rain. Okay. <laughs> Prince. Yeah. Never seen it. I've never seen it. No, never seen it and want to see it. Oh, oh yeah. I forget that on our radar. shit that we haven't seen. Yeah. Oops. Um, yeah. Okay. Nice one. Yeah. Love it. Everyone, if you want more high quality chat, high quality By recommendations, experts, By experts um, you should come and be a Cisco supporter because then you get a Saturday newsletter that's all about Culture Vulture. It's a, it's a bit of a deeper exploration into some of the shit that we go into. It's written by Liv. You're actually getting a huge fucking playlist. Our yeah. roadie playlist. Our roadie playlist. Really exciting. Need to add to that today. Oh my god, yeah. I've been adding to it cool. um, because I've seen there's not been a lot of action happening no. in there. And we're about to get on the road with no music. That's my afternoon job. Yes. Oh, not just that. What, but. A great, what a great thing to just sit and do. And honestly, it needs to be huge because we've got so yeah, much driving. I'm just so just add, add everything. Add, add. Add, 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 mm-hmm. add albums and then delete the ones you don't like. Like, Perfect. you know. Yeah. Also on my radar, fuck, Taylor Swift. And she's got a Lana Del Rey collab on her album. Yes, and I just... saw that you put that on the Newsy. Very exciting. What was it called? Something Snow? Snow, Snow on, on the, the beach. beach. Oh, my God. Obsessed. Oh, also, um, the Naughty or Nice with Maddie Healy was naughty. 
Obviously, it was naughty. It was naughty. It was naughty, kind of, kind of funny, funny nice, nice. <laughs> kind of nice for way. us to talk about because low stakes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and thank you to not Ti Head Butler today. We've got a producer, uh, Ethan. Ethan, thank you so much for putting up with all of this. Love with two small people with very loud voices. Two small people that make a lot of noise. <laughs> Cutest thing I've heard because to me that massive compliment. Yeah. Um, and love, thank you, Dal. Thank you, and I'll be seeing you in the camper van for two tomorrow. weeks straight. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.